Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Well, I looked extensively for a joke about shepherds because we're talking about shepherds today. For And after about three minutes, I gave up and I just went straight to a blonde joke. So um, <laughs> speaking of not wanting to offend anybody, here we go. Some of you look nervous. There's a blonde lady driving down the freeway when she was pulled over by a female police officer who also happened to be blonde. And the officer asked to see the lady's driver's license. And so the lady dug and dug in her purse and she was getting more and more agitated and frustrated and couldn't find it. And so finally she asked the officer, what does it look like? Well, the officer said, well, it's just a little square with your picture on it. The lady looked in her purse, pulled out a mirror, saw herself and said, oh, and handed it to the police officer. The police officer looked at the mirror, saw herself, handed it back to the lady and said, okay, you can go. I didn't realize that you were also a police officer. <laughs> if you're blonde, you're either offended or you don't get it. You can ask your husband to explain it to you later. <laughs> Moans are as good as laughs in my book. I don't care. We're in a Christmas series called Small Beginnings, the first Christmas gift that changed the world. And most big things, most great things in life, they have small beginnings. And we see this so beautifully and perfectly illustrated in the Christmas story. Small baby who grew up to change the world. In fact, just real quick, again, our Christmas Eve services, everybody, we got four of them. First one is this Wednesday night, the 21st. We know that's not Christmas Eve, but it's a Christmas Eve service. And the reason we're doing that is because some of you might be traveling, you might be going out on the weekend and be gone, so we wanna give you an opportunity to experience Christmas Eve with us. So Wednesday night, seven o'clock, and then, of course, next Saturday on Christmas Eve, 12, two, and four, there are no services next Sunday on Christmas Day. So if you show up here at 10 a.m., not a creature will be stirring, not even a mouse, all right? You'll be the only one. So you got to come to one of the Christmas Eve services uh, with us. I want you to spend time with your family and want our staff to be with their family. But two weeks ago, we looked at Mary and I preached a message called Have a Merry Christmas. Last week at 10 a.m., my mom preached a great message on Joseph. <laughs> at all the services, everybody says, yeah, yeah, I mentioned my message. It's quiet. <laughs> everybody liked my mom's message better. I did too. But she preached a message called This Isn't What I Pictured. If you missed it, you ought to go back and watch it. Today, we want to focus on the shepherds. We want to look at the shepherds. Title of my message this morning is Do Not Fear, the King is Here. Do Not Fear, the King is Here. Open your Bibles with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. If you don't own a Bible, we'd love to give you one. Come up to the front after service. In fact, go ahead and stand to your feet as we read the Word of God. I like to do that, everybody. Stand on up. You're going to be sitting down for about three hours, so you stretch your legs. And I'm just kidding. Luke chapter two, let's pray. Father, we ask that you would speak to us this morning. And we didn't come just to check a religious box and go about our week. We came to hear from you. We came to have an encounter with you, with your love and your power. We need you. We open up our heart to you, God. We have ears to hear, hearts to receive, like Jesus always reminded us. And we just thank you for that. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Let's read verses 10 and 11 out loud together, if you would. You can follow along on the screen. Ready, go. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings, which will be to all people. Verse 11, for there is born to you this day. You got it? <laughs> Just stop for a minute. All right. Start, everybody start over. <laughs> Sometimes you get the timing wrong because I the media. Okay, all right, ready, go. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I'll read the rest. Good job. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. As you're seated, look at the person next to you and say, I'm not done with my Christmas shopping yet. I don't know what he's talking about. Come on, I still got stuff to do. I hope he doesn't preach long. And then he can be seated. Prior to 2006, before the public release of the social media platform, Facebook, which had small beginnings, but has changed the world. You can decide for good or, or for bad. That's up to you. But prior to that, when you wanted to make a, an announcement about an important event in your life, this might be shocking to some of us, some of the, I say us, including myself, but some of you young people under like 25 years old, you would actually call somebody, pick up the phone. There actually used to be phones in houses, if you could believe that. <laughs> Or maybe you would text somebody if you were texting back then. Or you would actually tell somebody face to face. If you want to go back further, some of us would remember this. Prior to the 1970s, before ultrasounds came out in the 70s, where you could actually see the gender of the baby inside the mother's womb. But prior to that, when babies were born, you would just be surprised along with everybody else. And so normally the dad would go out and announce, it's a boy or it's a girl. I mean, you know, now in our culture that people have gender reveal parties. Some of y'all probably had one of those, right? Gender reveal parties. You find out the gender of the baby and then you think, hey, it's a good idea. Let's have a party. Let's invite everybody, our family and friends, because they all really care about this as much as we do. And then let's come up with a creative way to reveal whether it's a boy or a girl. If you want to laugh sometime, just look up failed gender reveal parties because there's some funny things that have happened. But we come up with interesting ways to announce important events. Apparently, so does God. 2,000 years ago, after the birth of his son, the son of God, Jesus Christ, King of kings, the Lord of lords, God made an announcement about the most important event in the history of the world. And that's not an overstatement at all. He didn't post about it on Facebook. 
<laughs> he, didn't, he didn't gather all of the kings of the earth, all the leaders of the world at that time in Jerusalem for a global incarnation summit. He didn't do that. He didn't announce it to Caesar Augustus in Rome. He didn't even go directly to the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day. Instead, he sent an angel to a group of humble shepherds in the hills surrounding Jerusalem in the city of Bethlehem. I've been to Bethlehem went a couple years ago with my parents in Israel. It is still, even to this day, a little tiny town, insignificant. And God makes an announcement. It's significant that he chose shepherds. Shepherds in that culture, it wasn't a prestigious job. It wasn't necessarily an influential job. It was an important job. It needed to be done and help the economy. But it was just an average, humble job. There's a TV show I haven't watched. I don't know if it's good or bad called Dirty Jobs. <laughs> they find these jobs that kind of a lot of people wouldn't want to do. Listen, if they did that TV show 2,000 years ago, shepherding would be on Dirty Jobs. <laughs> God chooses humble people to do the most important things, by the way. He chooses small beginnings to change the world. In fact, if you study scripture, if you look at some of the heroes of the faith, especially in the Old Testament, they were shepherds. Joseph, as a teenager, he was a shepherd. Eventually, he became second in command to Pharaoh. Moses was a shepherd. God appeared to him in a burning bush. Moses got to really know the Lord. And then God used Moses to deliver the Israelites out of bondage, out of, the, out of slavery, out of Egypt. David was a shepherd. And then he ended up becoming the greatest king probably in all of history, certainly the greatest king of Israel. They were shepherds. I think God chose the shepherds because they were humble, because he chooses for his purposes and he uses for his glory men and women who are humble. Men and women who recognize that they have nothing, that they are nothing, and that they can do nothing apart from God. If you're thinking right now or you've ever thought in the past, how could God ever use me? He's, you're exactly the kind of person that God wants to use. <laughs> because humble re people recognize, I need God or none of this is going to work. I get nervous when I meet people occasionally in church. I show up to a church and, you know, and, you know hey, what's your name? And they, they give me their business card and prophet to the nations. Fourth member of the Trinity. Greatest preacher of all time. It's like, get out of here, man. Get out, don't waste my time. Go to the sh church down the street. I, I, people say, I, could God really use me? Yes, he can use you if you're willing and if you're humble. Jesus says in Matthew 23, 12, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Scripture is full of verses like that. I could, we spend the next hour just reading verses. In other words, let me say it like this. God reveals himself to humble people who want to receive him. Humble, humble people have a desire to know God. They recognize, I want to know God. I need to know God. I can't do it on my own. So as we come to this Christmas season, do you come before Jesus with humility? Lord, I need you more than anything. I need you more than gifts. I need you more than a raise. I need you more than a job. I need you more than anything. Or do you approach him with pride, thinking, Lord, if and when I need you, I'll let you know. 
Shepherds were known for their care for their, for, for their sheep. I don't know if they have it or not. When Jenny and I were in Israel today, they're, even today, when you drive around Israel, certain parts, you can see shepherds. You can see shepherds out there. Of course, they look a little bit different, but they're known for their care for their, for their sheep. Shepherds were responsible for watching out. Listen, they were responsible for watching out for enemies trying to attack their sheep. They were responsible for defending their sheep from attackers, for healing the wounded and the sick sheep, for finding and saving lost or trapped sheep, <laughs> for loving the sheep, for sharing their lives with the sheep so the sheep trusted them. I don't know about you, but that sounds like somebody that I know. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, David writes. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, I have everything that I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The, some translations say the darkest, most difficult days of my life. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is written by David. This is what, exactly what David did with his sheep. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My, my cup overflows. <laughs> you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Men and women, David, David was a man after God's own heart because he knew God is my shepherd. I will not fear. Do not be afraid. The king is here. David said, David wrote another Psalm. He said, I don't fear chariots. I don't fear the sword. I don't fear armies because God, you're with me. You're my defender. You're my refuge. You're my strength. You're my fortress. And God, if you're with me, I ain't afraid of anybody. If God's on my side, then it doesn't matter who comes against me. I'll be victorious. Come on. David knew something. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus said in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Jesus is our shepherd. He is the one who defends us from the enemy's attacks. He's the one who heals our wounds and our sicknesses. He's the one who seeks and saves the lost. He's the one who loves us. He's the one who gave his life for us. I think God chose shepherds because God's a shepherd. And another reason that I think that God probably chose this specific group of shepherds in Bethlehem is because Bethlehem is only a few miles, a few short miles from Jerusalem. And there's hills around Bethlehem, which make it favorable towards having sheep. And 2,000 years ago, when the angel appeared, the temple, the house of God was in Jerusalem. So listen, every firstborn male from the area around Bethlehem, every firstborn male lamb from the area around Bethlehem was considered holy and set aside for sacrifice in Jerusalem at the temple. So after pouring out and investing their lives into these sheep, the shepherds would separate. 
they would separate all of the lambs, all of the sheep, and they would only choose the firstborn males that were as close to perfect as possible, that had no blemishes, that were perfect. They had raised them that way. And they would take those lambs, they would take those sheep, they would take them to Jerusalem, listen, where they would be purchased, and then they would be sacrificed, their blood would be shed to atone and cover the sins of the people. And when Jesus showed up on the scene, 30 years old, his cousin, John the Baptist, announced, made an important announcement to the whole world at that time. Behold, the Lamb of God. There goes the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the entire world. So these shepherds in Bethlehem, they were raising, they had been raising sheep that would be sacrificed to atone for the sins of those people every year. The Lamb of God shows up and they're the first ones that lay eyes on this little baby, the Lamb of God, who would sacrifice his own life, who would give up his own life, men and women, to atone for the sins, your sins, my sins, the sins of all the world, once and for all, the ultimate sacrifice. Jeremiah 23, listen to this prophetic passage. I will, God says, I will also raise up shepherds over them, and they will tend them, and they will not be afraid any longer nor be terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. This is talking about Jesus, the Messiah. And he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. God came to earth in the form. It doesn't get any more humble than that form of a baby in a basically in a barn laid in a manger a feeding trough to a poor couple named Mary and Joseph and the first thing and then he announced it the first group of people that he announced it to were humble shepherds and the first thing that God spoke to them through the angel men and women is do not be afraid and obviously, there, there's, there's a practical reason for that. I mean, you read the Bible, angels show up almost every single time, whether, no matter who they're appearing to, almost every single time, the first thing that they say is, don't be afraid, <laughs> because if you saw an angel, you'd be afraid. I'd be afraid. But, but there, there is a, a deeper reason for that that the angel told them. And the same thing that the angel, that God spoke to them 2,000 years ago to the shepherds, he's speaking to you and I today. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not fear the king is here. As we go into, in, into Christmas, what fear are you facing right now? And probably most of us, including myself, if you were asking me that question, I'd probably say nothing. I don't think I'm afraid of anything. I don't think I'm fearful of anything. But are you feeling stressed out? You feeling overwhelmed? You're feeling anxiety. You're feeling, maybe you're battling panic attacks, maybe depression or anger. By the way, most of the, maybe not every time, but most of the time, the root of all those things is fear. Those are the branches, but the root is fear. Might be fear of failure. 
It might be fear of rejection. It might be fear of being alone, fear of losing your job, fear of not having an, enough money to buy Christmas presents for your family. So you're, you're getting anxious. You're getting worried. Fear of celebrating and enjoying Christmas because you recently lost a loved one. I can remember that, especially last year, first Christmas without my dad. I almost felt guilty going into Christmas. How can I enjoy Christmas? My dad's not here. You know the root of that? It's just fear. If, if you're in grief and pain right now, you might, you might have that. Really what it is, it's fear of the future. How, how can I live my life without my mom, without my dad, without my spouse? That's fear of the future. It's fear. It could be fear of being around certain relatives during the holidays. <laughs> Come on, we all got them. No one is exempt from the crazy uncles and cousins or whatever, you know. We all have them. It might be, listen, it might be fear that your marriage isn't going to make. It might be fear of a sickness that you or your loved one's dealing with. Just found out recently, my Aunt Sally, my mom's older sister, I love my Aunt Sally. She's battling some serious health stuff. I'll be honest, there's a little bit of fear in my heart in that right now. God, I can't, we can't lose my Aunt Sally. Fear of dying. Might just be fear that you're not worthy to receive God's love and forgiveness. Some of you have a fear. You've been in church for a while. You come because you get dragged here by somebody. or Maybe you kind of like it because you feel good afterwards. But you haven't really surrendered your life to the Lord. You know why? Because of fear. There's a fear in your heart. What, what's going to happen if I really completely trust Jesus? You know, I'm, am I going to be like that person or that person? What's going to happen? That, that's fear. What about just fear of stepping on a scale because we've been eating a lot of Christmas cookies? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Those skinny jeans don't really fit anymore. I was wearing some skinny jeans last night. I was like, these things look like they're just painted on me. I'm going to have to have the jaws of life to get me out of these things. <laughs> don't worry, we're going into 21 days of prayer and fasting in January. So go in peace, be blessed, eat what you want, and then we'll, we'll all fast and pray together and when, when your kids are afraid, especially at night, what do they do? Get out of their bedroom. They run to mom and dad, jump in your bed. <laughs> All your visions and hopes and dreams of romance go quickly go out the window at that point. <laughs> but why do they do that? Because when they're with mom or dad, when they're, listen, when they're with you, when, they, when they're in your presence, they're not afraid. Men and women, do not fear the king is here. Do not fear. The king is here. I'm going to say it 10 more times before this message is done. Because if you don't, you probably, you're not going to remember much of what I say in this message. I just want you to remember that phrase. Do not fear. The king is here. Look at your neighbor and tell him that. Say, do not fear. The king is here. Come on, Bishop Jakes, touch three people around you. And say, do not fear. The king. I know we can preach. Say, do not fear. The king is here. Matthew 1, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Men and women, the king is with you. His presence is with you. His power is with you. His provision is with you. His protection is with you. His grace is with you. His mercy is with you. His forgiveness is with you. His love is with you. The kingdom of God is with you. Do not fear the king is here. Listen, fear is a choice and so is faith. Anxiety is a choice at some level and so is joy at some level. Make a choice to rejoice. 
Do not fear, the king is here. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear because you're with me. Because, because you're with me. It's like that song. Even when I don't see him, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You'll never stop working. Even, like my mom said last week, it's such a great illustration. Even when I can't see God in the picture, I can still hear his voice. And he is, he is the Bible says, he's close to the brokenhearted. When you're in the most pain and grief in your life, listen, God is closer to you than he's ever been. You might not feel like it. That's a promise, men and women. God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Do not fear. The king is here. Luke 2.10, the angel said to him, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings. <laughs> Sounds so British to me. <laughs> good, good news of great joy, which will be to all people. Good news, great joy, all people. What's the good news? It's verse 11. For there is born to you. This day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. As I was studying for this message, that phrase to me jumped out to me like never before. For there is born to you. There is born to you. <laughs> On your Christmas gifts, you probably put one of those stickers or labels, right? It says to from to John from Jenny. Because if you don't, you just wrap those gifts, put them under the tree. Nobody knows who they're for. You ever get a mislabeled gift, by the way? You open it up. Wow, Grandma, thanks for the bra. I don't think this is my size. <laughs> it's a little bit awkward. Listen, God, God has a gift with your name on it, and his name is Jesus. To, to God, I mean, to, to Lorraine, to Will, to Jerry, even Jerry gets a gift from God. From God. To John, from God. Divinity wrapped in humanity. Listen, to, to you. God gave Jesus to me. God gave Jesus to me. This is, this is not a profound message. But we need to be reminded of this truth. God gave Jesus to me. To you, for God so loved the world that he gave. To you this day. This day. That, that still translates 2,000 years today. This day. God gave Jesus to you this day. Men and women, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not next Christmas, not when you get your life together. Today, right here, right now, in the midst of your failure, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your grief, in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your sin, in the midst of your addiction, in the midst of your bondage. Come on, in the midst of all those things. Today, right here, right now. The Bible says, Saint Corinthians, the right time is now. <laughs> today is the day of salvation. I, I, I've never had this experience. I was thinking about, I've never had this experience before that I can remember. Maybe you haven't. Has anybody ever tried to give you a Christmas gift and you refused? <laughs> you, we don't do that. You don't know what it is. It's wrapped in a package. Hey, Jerry, Merry Christmas. No, thanks. I don't want that. You don't do that. But yet, here's the gift of Christmas, Jesus, divinity wrapped in humanity, abundant life, eternal life, hope that you can't even imagine, purpose that you can't understand, 
True joy, true peace. Here's Jesus, here's the gift. No thanks, I'm good. You know what that is? That's pride. You, you cannot enter, you cannot come into the presence of the king. You can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're humble. That's why Jesus says, you gotta be like little children. If you wanna get in my kingdom, you gotta be like little kids. You gotta say, God, I need you. This day, in the city of David, a savior. Matthew 121, she will bring forth the son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. That was a common name back then, Joshua. It'd be like Joshua. (laughs) Why name him Jesus? Because what the name means, Jesus means salvation. The Lord is salvation. Jesus in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus is his name because he is our savior. Listen, but Christ is, is his title and his position because he is the Messiah. He is the one who fulfilled all of the prophecies in the Old Testament scriptures. He is the king of all kings. We have a promised savior who smashes the curse of sin and death, and we have a promised king, listen, who has transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son he loves, into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of heaven, and into the kingdom of light. He is the king. He set us free from the bondage of sin, from the addiction in our flesh, and from the spiritual oppression of the enemy. Jesus said in Luke four eighteen, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the oppressed will be set free. And this is good news of great joy to all people. All people is an open invitation. Nobody's excluded. Even the people you don't really like. Even your ex is included in that. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue. Good news, great joy, all people. And that phrase, great joy, is a great phrase. (laughs) Not just normal joy, not just average joy, great joy. In Greek, the word is mega. God is literally saying, I want to give you mega joy this Christmas and always. Come on, let's look at the person next to you and say, you look like you need some mega joy. You look like you, you look a little grumpy to me. You look like you need some mega joy. And here, here's the connection. Fear robs you of joy. Fear robs you of joy. If you're anxious, if you're stressed out, If you're depressed, you're being robbed of joy. And some of us are filled with fear and we're empty of joy. That's why I'm bringing this message today. Do not fear. The king is here. True joy, great joy, mega joy only comes from Jesus. It does not come from getting married. It does not, don't say amen, anybody, all right? I don't want you to get in trouble, all right? I want you to have a good Christmas. Doesn't come from getting married, finding the right person. Doesn't come from your spouse. Doesn't come from a relationship. Doesn't come from sleeping with somebody. Doesn't come from a job. Doesn't come from possessions or a nice house. Doesn't come from a bottle or a pill. Doesn't come from snorting, shooting, whatever, something in your body. It doesn't come from those things, men and women. True joy, it only comes from Jesus. He is the source of joy. Jesus said in John 15, 11, he said, I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Mega joy only comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord shall be my strength. You know, and and I've, 
I've learned this in my life, especially since my dad has passed. That the closer I get to Jesus, the closer I get in, the more I press into him, the less afraid I am. I'm just being honest with you guys. When my dad was up here, I was basically, you know, number two helping lead the church. There was, I felt safe when my dad was here. It's like stuff comes up. I don't know what to do. Call my dad. He knew. The tough decisions. I don't have to make those. Dad makes those. I'd rather sit there in the front row. Listen, to my dad preach. Just me preaching here now. And so, you know, last year and a half, well, coming up two years now, I've had to learn. I've, I've, I've felt it in a way I've never felt in my life before. I felt anxiety try to come on me. Fear try to, almost, you know, I mean, more often than probably than I'd like to admit, fear trying to come on me. Lies, whispers of the enemy. It's like, man, I can't, I can't do this. But the closer I get to Jesus, that stuff starts, starts to break off of me. Less anxious I am, less afraid I am. Come on. Boldness and strength start coming into your soul. Peace starts coming over you. Joy starts coming into your heart again. The shepherds responded to the good news and received great joy because of it. And their response 2,000 years ago, it should be our response today. They did three things. I'll give these to you quickly. Responding to the good news to receive great joy. Number one, to receive God's great joy in my life, I'll run immediately to Jesus. I I use that term on purpose because it said the shepherds made haste. Some translations say they ran quickly. In your life, you can run to a refuge or you can run to the refuge. You can run to a person, a relationship, your job, entertainment, whatever. You can run to the king who gives life joy and peace. Philippians 3.14 says, I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning, beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. The reason some of us are stressed out, anxious, overwhelmed is because we're allowing the pace of the Christmas season to overshadow the purpose of the Christmas season. We, we got our eyes on the wrong thing, got focused on the wrong thing. Reason that some of us are fearful or hopeless or depressed is because we're allowing the emotions that come up in, in the Christmas season, which might be difficult for some of us, to override the truth that God is with me. God is with me. And my dad not, might not be here anymore, but God is with me. And he still has a great plan and purpose for my life. Do not fear, the king is here. Have you run to the Lord in prayer? Have you run to the Lord in worship? Have you run to the Lord in his word? Have you run to the Lord in humility and surrender? And men and women, I'm not talking about once a week at 10, from 10 to 11, 15 on Sundays. You need to run to him every single day. If you're gonna have joy in your life, that's, that's where it all starts. You gotta run to the Lord. Number two, to receive God's great joy in my life, I'll tell others about Jesus. I'll tell others about Jesus. You know why some of us don't do that? It's because of fear. We're afraid. Afraid of what they're gonna think, what they're gonna say, if it's awkward, fear of rejection, you know, what, what, you know so that prevents a lot of it. But if you wanna have great joy in your life, start telling some people about Jesus. Think, I, you know, I don't know how to preach, I don't know the Bible. You don't need to. All you need to know is once I was blind and now I see. And you could, you could do whatever you want, but I just know Jesus has changed my life. You'll find great joy in that, men and women. Honestly, joy that you can't explain. This is like nothing better than leading somebody to the king. 
The third and last point, and Van, can, you guys can start playing. To receive God's great joy in my life, I'll glorify and praise Jesus. I'll glorify and praise him. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. The reason that you and I exist is to bring glory to God. That's why you have breath in your lungs. That's why your heart is beating. You exist to bring glory to God, to praise him, to worship him, to know him, to bring glory to him. There's a direct connection between having the joy of the Lord in our hearts and praising the Lord out of our mouth because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And listen, if there's joy in here, joy that comes from the Lord, it'll come out. You'll tell others. You'll, you'll, you'll sing praises. And sing praising him, that's what it's talking about. It's talking about singing praises. Psalm 43, 4, there I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my harp, O God, my God. It is one of the many reasons why we begin every worship service with singing songs. <laughs> not because FIFA World Cup is on today. We're watching the end of France. And, you know, it's not because we arrive later. We have No, it's because, it's because, listen, when you begin to humble yourself, begin to lift up worship, begin to sing, begin to praise, take the focus off of yourself, take the focus off of your circumstances, take the focus off of the bad news about your Aunt Sally, and you begin to put them on Jesus, things begin to change. The, listen, the reason some of y'all come in here week after week and you don't do anything expressively in worship, you might have your, oh, no, I'm not very emotional. No, you're, that's not the reason. You're, it's fear. Don't, it's not because you're not emotional and I'm more intellectual. Don't give me that. You're afraid. You're afraid, you're afraid of what somebody's gonna think about you. You're afraid of how you're gonna sound. You're afraid of how you're gonna look. It's fear. Listen, get over that. Get over your fear and begin to worship and honor, begin to sing praises. When you begin to honor and worship the Lord, men and women, joy begins to come. That's one of the reasons why when I drive around, I don't listen to talk radio. I don't even listen to sports talk radio anymore, which I love. I just listen to worship music because I need God's presence in my life. I don't need to be listening to other things that get me upset or angry or irritated. Or whatever. I just need his presence. I'm, I do a lot of driving to pick up my kids. You know, Jenny's at home with a baby. I, I need God's presence in my life. Do not fear. The king is here. Do not be afraid. Good news of great joy. The king is here. Everything changes. Would you stand to your feet with me quietly and just close your eyes. Maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online and you know this, if you're being honest with yourself before the Lord, you say, John, there's, there's some aspect of fear I'm facing right now and it's, it's robbing my joy. It's, it's, it's pushing out my joy. With everybody's eyes closed. You don't need to even look at me. Would you just raise your hand real quick? I wanna pray for you right now. Come on, put your hand up. A lot of hands. Listen, we make like so many things. We make a choice. You make a choice to do these things and then let God do what only he can do. You can put your hands down. Lord, I just pray right now. My brothers and sisters, I'd have my hand up. This, I'm including myself. God, we pray in the name of Jesus, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, who is the source of true joy. Lord, we invite and we receive your joy in our lives in a new and a fresh way. Father, push out fear, push out anxiety, 
Push out worry, push out depression, panic attacks, night terrors, stress, being overwhelmed. Father, push that out of our hearts right now. And Lord, we just pause, we take a moment. Do not fear, the King is here. Your presence is here and we receive joy. We receive joy. We receive joy, we receive you. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Let's join in, let's sing with, with Sarah and the team. Let's, let's, Sarah and the team, let's sing and worship and honor the Lord right now. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive. things before we close first this is the most important thing by far but maybe you're here today maybe you're watching online and you don't know the Lord you're not you're not in relationship with God you've never surrendered your life to him today's the day of salvation God loves you so much he gave Jesus came to earth lived for you died for your sins rose from the dead to bring you into relationship with God to give you abundant and eternal life called salvation and you can't earn it you don't deserve it I don't deserve it you just receive it you receive it by faith I want to give you that opportunity right now maybe you never made that decision maybe you walked away from the Lord you need to come back to him today you know it you, you miss his presence you miss him you need to come back to the Lord today's the day today's the day you're the person you make the choice God makes a change today's the day of salvation close your eyes one more time if you're here today, maybe you're watching online, you can let our team know. Say, John, that's me. I need to make that decision for the first time. I need to come, or I need to come back to the Lord. On the count of three, would you raise your hand? I wanna see you, I'll agree with you. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer of salvation. One, two, three, raise your hand, raise your hand, hold it up. Hold it up, wave at me, look at me. Look at me, hold it up till I see you. Yep, yep, I see you, I see you friend over there. Praise the Lord. Anybody else here this morning? 
anybody else. Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I want to lead us all in a prayer of salvation. I want everybody to repeat this out loud after me, phrase at a time. Jesus Christ, thank you for loving me. I know that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of all my sin. I believe that you died for me and rose from the dead. Right now, I surrender my life to you. Make me a new person. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to live for you all the days of my life. And I declare that heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.